Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and presented by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but I have some stories from uh, Summer League and beyond to get to. It's definitely been a bit of a hiatus for you boy, but I was not only at Vegas Summer League for a week, but also after taking a bit of a brief pit stop for a few days to work and recharge and to hopefully spend less money in Vegas and, you know, not being there for two straight weeks, I then returned back to Vegas with my brothers for uh, my brother Drew's bachelor party as well. So... I've been back now for about a week. I feel recharged. So without further ado, I'm going to get into what's happened since I last spoke to y'all to the best of my ability here. I think I'm actually going to first go over, I'd say, some of the highlights, particularly from Summer League because it's basketball related. To me, that's what I've been talking everyone's ears off uh, with, so... That's the lead to me. Well, I I was there initially for sports business classroom, mainly for sports business classroom. I've done the virtual conference a couple times, and ever since doing that, well, really even before I did that, it's been uh, a an enormous goal for me to return for summer league and SBC in person, which I was finally able to fulfill, and it did not disappoint. I shook hands with Jerry West twice. Unfortunately, it wasn't uh, the most flattering photo of myself. Uh, we're all our harshest critics, but probably not something I'll be printing out and framing and showing to everyone for the rest of my life, as opposed to just telling everybody everybody I meet about it. We also had Daryl Morey uh, Kobe Altman and Timmy, <laughs> Tammy, Tommy Shepard, excuse me, <laughs> speak to all of us at once there. For those who d- don't know, the general managers of the Philadelphia 76ers, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Washington Wizards, respectively. The renowned uh, writer for Sports Illustrated uh, also did work for a while with Bleach Report, which may, many of you may know him from. Uh, Howard Beck gave us some advice. I believe he is also a beat writer with the Lakers during their three-peat from the early 2000s, which I kind of forgot about. And and he also pointed out that his Twitter profile picture is one of him uh, interviewing Kobe, or at least trying to, Kind of around one of Kobe's more like iconic photos of him wearing the jacket and hugging the trophy, if you can picture that. So that was that little anecdote was awesome on top of everything Howard had to say. Uh, I also one of <laughs> one of the more embarrassing, not even embarrassing, but baffling moments of the whole period was while I was walking around and saying go bucks to everybody I possibly could because I just enjoy the experience of running into Bucks fans outside of Milwaukee. Um, probably a bit of a dork about it, but I made sure, especially everyone in SBC knew that I was from Milwaukee and a huge Bucks fan. Especially while we're in this current Bucks era, I want to flash that as much as possible, you know, before things inevitably change later on in our lifetimes. But where this comes into play in a peculiar circumstance was. I realized after the fact that while just going around saying go Bucks to people in Bucks gear at Summer League, one of those people was Flava Flav from Public Enemy. And I should definitely have recognized him. He was wearing, now, I feel like he was wearing a giant clock 
jewelry that's different from like from the giant clock that he's worn in the past. Makes sense. He has a rotation of giant clock necklaces that he's seemingly at least equally famous for, if not most famous for. But yeah, I don't know. It just didn't click for me right away. Flavor Flav isn't the most famous person in the world by any means, but I guess the clock part is what makes it a little funny because that's about as distinguishable of of an accessory as there could be. But I didn't really care who he was at the time. I was just excited that he was apparently a Bucks fan. And I realized it for sure after... When, uh, like, what would be this person's title? Well, Warren Legary, he's not the, he's like very, he's one of the most like involved person in just making all of the Summer League deal happen. He was one of the people who brought uh, Summer League to Vegas, and he's still very much involved with it. Talked to us a bunch from uh, at SBC. But he told us that Flava Flav was there, and I was like, okay, that guy wearing the clock was definitely Flava Flav. I also saw it all over social media, so I've had worse trip-ups, but I wish I could have, I just wish I could have actually taken advantage of that moment a little better, because maybe I could have gotten a photo with Flava Flav, but another moment that I had with a famous name, or even less less of a moment, <laughs> you could say, than with Flava Flav, was I got to walk past Paolo Banchero in the concourse. He... I said, I just said, what's up, Paolo? And he didn't acknowledge me, and we all kept walking. I wasn't about to to gush all over him, tackle him or anything, or try to. Because I mentioned it when I first met, well, the only time I met Bobby, but still one of the best moments of my life. I don't want to be that annoying fanboy as much as I can help it. So, And just getting, getting a, being able to say that I walked past Paolo is pretty awesome. He's coolest person that i could say i walked by i also walked by mark jackson in the tunnel uh, that's just like the craziest thing about the summer league in general is you're is you're packed into this this like smaller gym and you can see just the craziest names all around you i mean even even getting able being able to see like a bunch of the pelicans guys on the court when we have pretty good seats for that sbc uh save for us it's a lot more special, obviously, just it being a more intimate environment, and yeah, pretty pretty cool to see like Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Herb Jones all in a relatively close proximity. Another one of my friends from from the excursion, Caleb, he was on my team when we were like we were basically assigned to. Uh, execute the Brooklyn Nets trade deadline, or which was, of course, a trip in itself. Uh, he actually got to walk, you know, near. I feel like I'm losing all of my basketball vocabulary from not, from having taken such a long break. But courtside, friend Caleb, he got to sit close to courtside one of one of the days and. When he was walking to uh, his close-up seat behind uh, one of the team's benches, he got to walk past uh, Woj, and they uh, they fist-bumped and said what's up to each other. So, pretty amazing. <laughs> and other than that, I mean, probably maybe my favorite moment from the entire excursion was being able to have like a one-on-one session with Malik Rose, former... NBA player, two-time, I believe two-time at least, forgive me if I'm wrong there, uh, champion with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. He's now the president of basketball operations with the G League. And I got a 20-minute one-on-one with him. Uh, Obviously, the whole point of SBC is to try and break into the business of basketball. That's what brings me here with the show. And so, yeah, you could say that that was part of the whole dream come true moment of the whole week yeah just being able to pick his brain him giving me advice him being just generous and in, in like every sense of the word with his time his attention and what have you then yeah lastly from the week uh chronologically on the last day i won a 250 dollars gift card to nordstrom for winning uh some sbc trivia is because i was able to recite 
the first rule of basketball from James Naismith, which was that a player may pass the ball in any direction with either one or two hands. I sort of got, I sort of answered the last question correct with like three or four other people, but everyone else uh, left out part of that little tidbit. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there, are, there's probably other little anecdotes that I'm that I'm missing here. Uh, well, I got to meet uh, Mark Schindler, former guest, and he's become particularly successful. He was part of the first SBC class that I did virtually, and we did a show uh, mainly focused on the Bucks and Pacers because that's that was his team. But now he writes for Basketball News. He's writing more and more about the WNBA. He's had his work reposted by the WNBA social pages, and now he's done a full, I mean, yeah, much more so than I. He's he's taken advantage of of you know similar opportunities just with SBC and he was even a speaker for us all so it's cool to meet him cool to talk to Dave Dufour again he's one of the main guys who runs uh the whole operation same as with Seth Part now I'd met them each face to face once before from uh Seth's kind of live show after his book was released JJ Reddick was staying at my hotel, but I unfortunately wasn't uh, one of the people from our program who got to got to annoy him. But yeah, definitely a week that, well, a couple weeks in a row that that I'll that I'll remember all my life, and I'm really thankful that I got to be a part of all of that. So I'll probably talk about all of that as time goes on here especially now that we can talk about the bucks action too some of which i got to see live i think some people are shocked by the fact that i actually don't watch like a ton of basketball while i'm there cuz i'm in the midst of you know lectures and guest speakers and we're given assignments while we're there so i probably averaged around point seven five to one game watched uh per day and i was trying to be pretty intentional with like making sure i got to watch actually watch a little bit of basketball while i was there but there's a lot to do uh in that week and you got to find a balance or whatnot but i did go back and watch youtube highlights for some of the games to make sure i didn't miss too much the first game i watched when i was there was buck celtics which ended up being an awesome awesome game for Summer League. <laughs> Controversial, to be sure. Uh, but that's also part of the beauty of Summer League, is that in the end it doesn't really matter. You can make it matter as much as it benefits you, or also diminish the meaning of it. <laughs> if, uh, if... If... Uh, that's how you want to go about it, but yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks lost uh, on a last-second three by uh, Matt Ryan, and this also came after there was a real late uh, Bucks bucket that got uh, retracted from the score from a Bucks player stepping out of bounds. I couldn't find that exact play, uh, but. Yeah, so Matt Ryan drained that last second three to win it, and then he also, when he came down, uh, he sprained his ankle too. <laughs> so just a wild uh, course of events that took place. But uh, not only <laughs> was there was there a ba- was there um, a last minute shot that decided it after the controversial. Um, basket that was taken away, but also uh, we saw uh, an amazing Sandro uh, payback poster over Robert Franks after backing down J.D. Davison courtside. We also had Bobby Portis, whom I didn't get to reunite with, but that's that's all right. Uh, 
but Bobby was about as hyped as you would expect after his guy uh, Sandro um, dunked all over a guy right in front of him. He got up out of his seat and was flexing and walking around right after. Uh, Pat was sitting with Bobby as well, and further down down uh, courtside was Grant Williams, uh, closer to the Celtics side of the court, and those guys were all chopping it up a bit. Apparently not too much bad blood there, but uh, looking back on it, um, probably the sweetest thing about this Mamu poster was that J.D. Davidson had actually just uh, dunked all over Mamu too. So that's where Mamu got to uh, give it right back to J.D., whom he had post. Uh, J.D. was who Mamu uh, had backed down to get position in the post, but uh, of course quite a size disparity as uh, Robert Franks was the guy who came over uh, to help, but... But uh, no dice, and yeah. Also, it must be mentioned before I continue on. Uh, Sandro and Lindell, uh, in particular, had an amazing summer league. They uh, each made uh, an all summer league team. Mamu was first team, along with Tari Eason, Quentin Grimes, Keegan Murray, and Cam Thomas. Second team. Uh, Along with Lindell was Santi Aldama, Ben Matherin, Marco Simonovic, and Treden Watford. Uh, Mamu averaged 17, 8.8, and 2.4. And Lindell Wigington averaged 18.2, 2 2.4, and 4.6. Uh, our guy Marjan averaged 12.8, 3.2, and 1.6. Uh, Marjan shot 45.8% from three. Uh, that's a story you could run with, but then when I sort of match that up along with some other guys, Mamu also shot 47.6 from three, and uh, Wigington shot 46.2 from three. Uh, so gives me a bit of pause when I'm trying to trying to analyze the meaning of those percentages. Uh, I don't know. Overall, Summer League uh, is further from, uh, you know, the reality of the situations that these guys will be put in once once they actually do play meaningful minutes. Uh, so... It, it probably, I've heard people say it probably means more when they do bad because it's more of a sign that, okay, if they can't even hold up on this level, then, then, uh, how much are we, then, how good can we project them to be moving forward? Whereas if they perform quite well here, it's a good sign, but, uh, but then it's only, up to interpretation how well they'll do once they step up another level. Oh, but there are exceptions of the rule of the rule as well. Uh, Trey Young is probably the big, biggest example of a guy who was kind of trash in summer league, but now he's one of the best best offensive players in the game. Uh, but. I'll jump back into the Bucks action from uh, that first game uh, that I saw. I think it was the second Bucks game of Summer League, but uh, yeah. So yeah, the Bucks won the point in the paint battle, forty-four to thirty, uh, but the Celtics uh, had fifty-two points off the bench to. Uh, the Bucks 39. Uh, I believe Matt Ryan, their high scorer, and the guy who sunk the game-winning basket uh, came off the bench for uh, his 23 points. Uh, but Mamu and Wigington's uh, 
All Summer League campaign started here. Mamu had 28-9-2. And um, meanwhile, Mamu also had five stocks in this game, steals and blocks combined. Wigington was 24-5-5. Five five. Uh, but... Yeah, that was that was an awesome introduction to summer league for me, uh, being able to watch my team, but also in some high stakes basketball, see some highlights, see some of my fa- fan favorites court side, and just another example of me uh, trying to flex as much as possible. That I have the pleasure of being a Bucks fan, being from Milwaukee during this great. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks era in front of uh, my SBC peers. Uh, now in the second Bucks game, really the third Bucks game of Summer League, uh, I didn't get to catch this one, but the Bucks started this game 3 of 10 from the field. That was after starting 0 of 6, but then they made three of their next four baskets. Mamu also capped off the first quarter of this game with a banked in three. However, Mamu got posterized again by by a guard. This time it was Kevon Harris, who Kevon Harris of the from the Timberwolves Summer League. He went on to actually sign a two-way with the Magic after putting up 16 in a game in Summer League. So shout out to him and anybody else who. Um, was able to capitalize on on this uh, summer league opportunity. Rajon also had a thunderous uh, fast break dunk at the end of the first quarter. It's kind of funny in the uh, recap that I was watching. The broadcast crew is kind of, I don't know, they're just repeating the same cliches that I've been about summer league where... Uh, just talking about how guys are hungry to, um, I don't know, put put NBA teams on notice, uh, and uh, <laughs> right as they were saying that, Rajon uh, jumped out of the gym for his enormous fast break dunk, and broadcast crew just just recognized the hilarity of the timing there, and. Uh, but yeah, despite that slow start in the, in the first quarter, the Bucks went into the fourth quarter with a two-point lead. Then in the fourth quarter, outscored the Timberwolves by ten, and uh, that was they were helped by Marjan hitting back-to-back corner threes. At the end of this game, uh, the Bucks' uh, field goal percentage was forty-five and a half to uh, Timberwolves. Uh, only hitting 35.4% of their shots. Bucks also had 47 rebounds to the Timberwolves 34. Uh, however, the Bucks turned the ball over 22 times. Uh, outstanding 22 times. That's so bad it's almost impressive. And then and Timberwolves only had 10 turnovers, but uh yeah, we can't just boil it down to that one stat there since the Bucks uh, came still came away with a victory. Mamu had 18-5-4 with two blocks, 6-13 uh, from the field, 2-6 from three, 4-6 from the line. Kevon Harris uh, had 16-5-4, uh, 6-15 from the field, 3-7 from three, 1-2 from the line. Excuse me, water break. Uh, now, so this next game, the fourth Buck Summer League game, again, I was able to come in similar to uh, the Celtics game. I was able to come in during the second half. Got to watch a little more uh, of this game. However, it wasn't quite as uh, exciting. Uh, when I watched... Uh, the recap of this game uh, for the first time, and then again today, uh, looked like there were a lot of a lot of highlights that I missed out in in uh, in the first half. Marjan had a strip 
strip and a slam at the end of the first quarter, and then at and then at the very end of the of the first quarter, actually at the buzzer, uh, the uh, Mavericks sixth man, from what I could gauge from the couple Mavericks games I saw in summer league, uh, he had a steal and then and then uh, a banked in runner uh, to close the first quarter for the Mavericks. Um, I believe his name was Derek Harding. I know his last name's Harding, but uh, it's a little frustrating when I go back on the app, the Bucks app, that is, to, you know, try and check out um, some of the Summer League's guys' full names and see some of their previous game logs. It doesn't show any history and doesn't even show their entire name unless they seemingly have already played NBA action. Uh But I was able to see from that app um, some stuff on Moses Wright, who actually took this game over and kept it at least interesting for the Mavericks when I stepped into the gym for this one. Uh, In back-to-back plays, he had uh, both an enormous dunk, but also a step-back three. So that made a lot of sense when I went back to it, and it looked like he was already... Uh, he was already able to uh, step into an NBA game uh, previously. And uh, that was pretty cool. Hopefully, um, hopefully I'll be able to see him uh, again in the future and remember the show he put on. Uh, other than that, though, both teams um, were getting into transition. We're yeah, getting into their transition game frequently. Uh, and converting, including more dunks from Rajon Tucker. Uh, and Lindell Wigington had a couple fancy finishes uh, in transition. Um, one on a Euro step, and then another uh, another from a ball that he had saved and uh, tossed it back into Mamu, and then Mamu gave it right back to him uh, on the fast break. In the fourth quarter, we also got a couple sequences for Marjon handling the ball in the pick and roll. Roll twice in a row. Once led to a step back three from Marjon, uh, less expected, and then another one. Um, excuse me. Yeah, on the next pick and roll that he ran, uh, Dewan Hernandez ended up benefiting uh, from a pass from Marjon and uh, getting an end one opportunity. So yeah, even though uh, Moses Wright went off in this game for the Mavericks, uh, looks like the Bucks benefited from the whistle in this game as uh, the Mavericks had 39 fouls in this game to only 20 for the Bucks. So the Bucks had 29 free throws made to only 12 for the Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks, though, scored 15 points in the paint to only 36 for the Bucks. Uh, Bucks did have 19 fast break, fast break paint. Jeez, I cannot talk. Uh, fast break points. 19 fast break points for the Bucks compared to only 9 for the Mavericks. And, uh, yeah, our guy Moses Wright, <laughs> uh, player of the game here, clearly, um, he actually stepped in off the bench uh, despite his NBA experience. So uh, Mavericks ended up with uh, 55 bench points to only 29 for the Bucks. Uh, Wigington was the high scorer for the Bucks with 25, 2, and 4. Wright had 26, 11, and 3. And Mamu finished with 19, 6, and 3 in the... Uh, yeah. In this contest, now, the final game of Summer League, fortunately, was a loss for the Bucks. Uh, lower scoring affair as well, <laughs> uh, 69 to 80. I was back from my first stint in Vegas uh, for this one, but... Honestly, I ended up missing 
missing the game, getting all of my affairs back in order for my three-day work week, but uh, I was able to catch up later. Bucks started 0-7 from the field in this one. Uh, meanwhile, Christian Coloco uh, scored seven of the first nine points for the Raptors. He was a guy I briefly touched on uh, pre-draft in my evaluations. Coloco, he, as predicted, went early in the second round and unsurprisingly to the Raptors, who, uh, yeah, really love their their long, lanky, switchable guys like Coloco, who's a uh, center who can also shoot. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what the Raptors are able to make of Coloco there. Uh, I believe he stepped. He started playing basketball later. So, you know, not not completely ideal, but when that happens with guys, you do sometimes hear analysts saying that that means there might be more room for more room for growth. Uh, despite the fact that I think Coloco uh, played more than one year in college, which, you know. Can then also indicate that they have uh, less potential compared to their peers. So balances out a bit there for Coloco, uh, along with his attractive skill set. Uh, Iverson Molinar, a recent signing uh, for the Bucks, um, also stepped in off the bench early in this game, and he right away um, created an and one opportunity for himself. He unfortunately didn't convert, but then on the next play, he um, he uh, intercepted a pass and then had an enormous uh, dunk in transition. Uh, but yeah, looking back on this game, the Raptors were seemingly uh, able to find their big guys right under the basket uh, at will. So yeah, we love our guy Mamu, but when I... When I see that uh, time and time again, it might be, uh, you know, another reason for skepticism when projecting Mamu uh, long term. Uh, you know, it's tough because I do love Mamu and his skill set so much. It's uh, right in my wheelhouse as an NBA fan. Uh, but, you know, when that is also the case, sometimes you do have to, uh, you do gotta dig a little deeper and see why it is that this guy, uh, you know, maybe isn't getting opportunities, you know, as many opportunities as time goes on here. Um, now that he's played a full season with us and seemingly will stick around for a little bit longer. Bucks will give him a little bit more of a chance, but. Yeah, uh, now we're in the situation with Jordan Awara, too, where I know Locked on Bucks talked about it, where it doesn't seem like Noara will be long for the Bucks. I mean, we, we already brought back mostly everyone. We brought in Marjan and Joe Ingles. So uh, I think that left that leaves the Bucks roster at... Ugh. This could definitely be wrong, but just based off memory, the Bucks were already at 14 guys. The Bucks uh, have gone into the year with with 14 before, considering their luxury tax concerns. And yeah, Noir has already had an extra year uh, compared to Mamu, and they were both still kind of just part of that uh, garbage time unit. Uh, yeah, Nora did step into more like regular rotation minutes uh, sparingly throughout the year, but of course still uh, showed some holes, particularly on the defensive end. And yeah, it could be the same for Mamu, and uh, yeah, might be the reason why he isn't necessarily uh, 
you know, a lifelong buck, but still it is worth taking shots in on guys like these in the second round, given our limited flexibility, but also then it's a lower risk when, you know, we're taking shots on these guys and, you know, we're at least taking a chance on, you know, maybe finding the next great, uh, second round drafty moving forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, after kind of all those easy looks that, that, uh, that the Raptors bigs got, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I think the Raptors largest lead was at least 20, but then Bucks were able to cut it to six with three minutes left to make it look a bit more respectable. Raptors still uh, took this one home, uh, 69 to 80. Uh, Raptors actually uh, beat the Bucks in the rebounding battle, 49 to 35. Uh, although the Bucks did seem to be able to draw plenty of fouls, I think a lot of that uh, had to do with our guy. Lindell with the ball in his hands quite often, and he, but although he's a smaller guy, he did not uh, hold back when attacking the paint. Uh, so Raptors committed 19 fouls to the Bucks six, and therefore Bucks made 16 free throws to only five for the Raptors. So yeah, overall, I would say it was. Uh, fairly successful uh, summer league for the Bucks. Uh, I think Locked On Bucks had kind of reflected on previous summer leagues where, uh, you know, guys weren't quite as successful. I know Jordan Awara, <laughs> yeah, just summer leagues that I actually pay more attention to. I know last year Jordan Nawara uh, put up uh, plenty of points uh, throughout his last summer league stint, but he had uh, just as many field goal attempts as points in a lot of those games. So we were we were able to laugh at that a bit, but you know, not hold it against against him too much since. After all, it's only Summer League. All right, but... Yeah. In the end, that's... uh, Just Summer League, so... Maybe 40 minutes is plenty uh, on that. Uh, So, a bit more consequential... Uh, Bucks news to get to. Uh, while in Vegas, Tim Bontemps shared that Chris had undergone uh, surgery on his wrist, uh, but he was expected to recover near the start of the regular season. Keyword near the start. So, not really sure if that means he'll be ready for uh, game one or not, but, you know, we're more concerned about the 16 games at the end of the year as opposed to the first 82. Uh, But, yeah, we still obviously want to be full strength, win as many games as we can. So, uh, you know, other guys don't have to put in, uh, you know, a disproportionate amount of the work in, during the first 82 games and then tire them themselves out. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, still July as of recording here on July 31st, so no need to get too bent out of shape. Uh, more positive news, uh, Pat Connaughton did sign an extension. Also, while I was in Vegas, he signed a three-year uh, based you know, Woj said it was 28.5. Uh, Shams said it was a $30 million contract. Around $10, $10 million annual, annually. I said say that is quite fair for Pat. 
he's, you know, I would say on any given night, he can be like our fifth most important guy, even though Bud likes to have him come off the bench. Uh, yeah, we gave pretty much the same extension to Grayson Allen. I know uh, last we saw of Grayson on the basketball court, Bucks fans, um, you know, weren't the most thrilled with the production that they saw. Um, so for Pat to get paid the same as uh, Grayson here, I'd say that's uh, that's more than fair on the Bucks side. And, uh, yeah, I guess not the craziest of news, but, uh, still good to have him locked up a bit more longer. Yeah, just a bit longer. And, yeah, for it to be a fair contract. Uh, the Bucks also revealed their new statement edition jerseys, uh, or Fear the Deer jerseys. And people are pretty hyped on these. I don't blame them either. I might be a little more lukewarm on them compared to everyone else, but... I don't know. I I, I feel like, at least compared to consensus, I tend to usually be uh, less down on jerseys at the end of the day. Uh... I feel like <laughs> Bucks fans can obviously uh, be a bit extreme with their takes, so maybe I'm just like more in the middle. The antlers on the side are quite cool. I'll say that. I like that we're incorporating more cream uh, to go along with Cream City. Uh, I like the blue outlines too, even though I don't still... I don't associate blue as much with the Bucks, but you know, being a city on the lake, I, I do I do like that. Um, I'd say my nitpick is that there's no green in these, and green is the color that I most associate with the Bucks. So I'd like to see that stand out a bit more. If you zoom in on these photos, I'm not like a hundred percent positive that green isn't sort of along the edges in between the blue and the cream. Uh, I know my eyes might be playing tricks on me a bit with the jersey being mostly black, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. I would definitely wear this this jersey. I would, obviously jerseys are extremely expensive, so... I would probably buy just like the more traditional Fear the Deer jerseys ahead of these, you know, with like the giant deer in front. I actually do love like our, not like classic 70s logo, but even though the purple, the purple, purple and green uh, is a weird color scheme in some people's eyes. The actual logo of the deer, the really realistic deer logo from like the 90s and 2000s, I think is amazing. Um, and I mean, I think our current one is also cool, <laughs> hence why I'm picking that over this jersey uh, as opposed to just the front of this jersey just has the bucks and our, you know, usual bucks lettering with the number and then the antlers kind of on the on the sides. But I don't know. I'd rather the fan base be excited as opposed to like down on these jerseys. Clearly. Uh like uh the blue on blue jerseys I know people hate it on quite a bit. But it's also cool that we're incorporating more blue while we have Giannis and Thanasis. And now we have a third Antetokounmpo with us too, jumping ahead 
to some of the latest Bucks news. According to ESPN, the Bucks acquired Alex Antetokounmpo uh, from or the Bucks or the Wisconsin herd, really. Uh, our G League affiliate acquired Alex Antetokounmpo from the Raptors 905, uh, along with a. Uh, a second-round pick in the G League draft for Jalen LeCue. Jalen LeCue was famous for being an explosive guard. He can really uh, float when he goes up for a dunk in transition. Um, you know, he's a guy I would be really excited to see if I were to take the drive uh, up to Oshkosh, but... Uh, I think it's even more exciting to have uh, our third Adetokounmpo uh, with the Bucks here. So, yeah, I wonder if he'll eventually make it up to two-way status for the Bucks. Uh, I definitely wouldn't bet against it, and I'm I'm all for the the Adetokounmpo nepotism. I think that. Giannis has earned the right for his entire enormous family to be on the Bucks payroll. Heck, even if, uh, well, I mean, Costas, I would take Costas. Francis, if he wants to put down the mic and pick up a basketball, why the heck not? Uh... Yeah, I don't need to keep naming family members, but uh, yeah. So the last directly Bucks news. There's obviously a ton of general NBA content that's happened since I popped in. Was uh, also while I was in summer league with SBC and uh, having Seth part now as a presenter. The Athletic released uh, Seth's annual tiers um yeah just tiers <laughs> you like saying tier rankings or would be a bit of an oxymoron but his tier listing rather um it's always a bit controversial part of it because uh, i think in the nba media we're just used to uh ranking guys because we like to uh pit guys against each other and jump on any excuse to to argue our opinion versus another. Uh, but I guess as MB, as uh, Bucks fans, rather, we uh, definitely don't have a, have a reason to complain about these tiers. As Giannis was put into tier 1A along with Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, and Steph Curry. And then uh, Drew and Chris were both in 3A next to Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, I mean, yeah, those are all amazing names. I'm trying to get to the listing because uh, I want to kind of, I think I think naming the other guys around Drew and Chris will make Bucks fans feel even better about that. Uh, saying that they're in tier three might kind of sound less significant than it actually is, but they're at the top of tier three. And uh, Tier 2 has plenty of other amazing guys. Like I know off the top of my head, uh, Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum are in Tier 2A. Uh, And then in 3B, so sort of... uh, Right, listed actually behind uh, Drew and Chris is Bradley Beal, who's uh, 
I believe he won a scoring title at one point. Uh, I think people are now a little more critical of him now that now that he's uh, got that enormous contract. Jeez, excuse me. I am having the hardest time getting to this list. But here I am finally on the website. I don't really need to list who's behind Giannis because that's most of the league. Here we go. So the people listed in tier two. Now, why is this in alphabetical order? That is. Oh, so either way. This is a super weird format that I'm looking at, but in tier two above Drew and Chris. So this is my case to not be upset by 3A. Uh, we have Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, uh, Paul George, Rudy Gobert. Those guys are all listed above uh, Chris and Drew. And I think that's quite fair, or at least reasonable. And then some other guys uh, just below them are Trey Young, Zion, Beal, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Uh, Jamal Murray. I watched some Jamal Murray highlights recently, and that was a was a pleasant reminder of uh, how awesome he is to watch, and um, got me excited to see him again. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Zach Levine. SGA, Pascal Siakam. Those are those are all guys listed below Chris and Drew. So, I think the Bucks made out on Seth Partnow's list quite well. Checks out because Seth is a former uh, Bucks employee, but I'm sure he's trying to remain as unbiased as possible. And I know the nerder guys did also go on their show. And they debated the list. They they did throw um, some some critique at Seth. And Seth, I'd say, defended it fairly well. Kind of wild that John Morant was maybe the biggest name that popped up, popped up to me as I couldn't believe that he was actually below some of those guys. But... Yeah, I mean, other NBA news that's happened since we last spoke, unfortunately just today, uh, it was announced that uh, Bill Russell had passed away uh, peacefully, according to the announcement. He is 88 years old, and uh, rightfully so. Everyone's uh, singing his praise today as... Not only one of the best basketball players of all time, but a, a tremendous leader um, for the league as a whole, uh, as an activist. He was, just as a reminder, though everyone probably knows, he's an 11-time champion, 5-time MVP, member of the uh, top 25, 50, and 75 lists. Uh, corresponding with each, with each anniversary, two-time NCAA champion, Olympic gold medalist. He also won two champions as the first um, black head coach in American pro sports history. So, rest in peace to one of the greats and uh, one of the pioneers of the NBA. 
besides uh, Bill Russell's unfortunate passing, um, some of the biggest talking points uh, has been the fact that Jalen Brown was uh, at least brought up in trade discussions for Kevin Durant and of course it's already been talked into the ground with it being the middle of the offseason right now but I'd say it's probably a pretty good uh, illustration of just like different schools of thought between uh, whether you believe a team should go all in and somewhat mortgage 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 its future for an NBA championship uh, or rather to increase the odds to win a championship but of course you can never guarantee it Um, um, or of course sacrifice part of your future Um, even though the Celtics of course did get uh, they they were still uh just two games away from an NBA title and still presumably have an extraordinarily long championship window. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess for me personally, I lean into more of... It varies too. It's all based on the circumstance. I usually lean more into uh, I'm pausing because I remember (laughs) um, I remember um, sort of leaning more into the camp of that the Warriors should trade in some of their young guys for for an for an established uh, veteran, particularly Miles Turner was a, a guy uh, listed, but I think I think that case is different because uh, when I think of this Warriors core, I think of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, who are clearly older, and you know their windows presumably already shorter and people were wondering if it had passed them by uh you know up until they finally (laughs) actually won it all but i guess the difference for me is just that you know tatum and brown are you know they're they're like the embodiment of this era for the celtics so i feel like there is there's much more room for regret for the Celtics if, you know, say say they were to make the trade. And, I mean, especially the fact that it was reported that, that the Nets demanded uh, Brown and Smart in a deal. Smart does, in a way, he's like the, the soul of the Celtics team. So they'd be losing some championship equity there, uh, you know. People have have now cited Durant's age and injury concerns, and that has to be taken into account when debating if if you should trade for him. But of course, for Buck's purposes, I should probably be doing as much as I can to uh, push the idea that the Celtics should absolutely not trade for Durant. which I guess I have been arguing for, because uh, that could that could really be the darkest timeline. As uh, yeah, we're very much leaning into win now with Giannis, because he's uh, clearly the consensus best player in the world, and he's already proven that he can bring us to the promised land. So. Yeah, I look forward to talking more and more about this throughout the summer. Uh, No, 
perhaps Kevin Durant does get traded, and that will lead to, you know, however that happens, and even if it doesn't, it uh, it uh, certainly changes the landscape for the Bucks. Uh, but until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.